and welcome to Net Zero for Nothing, the podcast from the National Home Improvement Council, connecting industry, government and householders on the pathway towards zero carbon homes. I'm your host, Anna Scothan, Chief Executive of the National Home Improvement Council, and in this episode of Net Zero for Nothing, we're going to meet Paul Chiniglio, Refurbishment Lead for the National Energy Foundation. Welcome, Paul. Hi, Anna. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today, Paul. And I know this is a super busy time for you, but you're going to talk to us a little bit about net zero retrofits and a possible link between pre and post retrofit valuations. I'd like to talk to you also um, about NEF, the National Energy Foundation, and specifically about its new super homes rating scheme, which is really exciting. But before we get into that, I'd love to know you a little bit better, if I may. You're refurbishment lead for NEF, and I know that you're passionate about sustainability in general. So how did you find yourself working in construction? Yeah, well, when I left school, um, I worked for some civil and structural engineers initially. Uh, I used to like building things with Lego and Meccano, so my dad sort of pushed me in that direction, and I I started out as a as a draftsman. I uh, was mainly working on uh, uh, new and refurbished Marks and Spencer stores, which was quite exciting for a young school leaver. Um, after that, I, I, I well during that period, I started to study part time uh, day release. I did a an ordinary national certificate in civil and structural engineering studies. Um, then I moved in more into building surveying and I did my HNC in architectural studies. Um, I was becoming more interested in sort of architecture, but uh, thought I don't know if I could bear seven years of, of training. Um, I'm, I was quite liking the learning and earning idea. Um, and so then I started looking more at building surveying that was more my my sort of role thought it'd be a better blend of skills architecture and engineering um and so it carried on from from there it really i went and did a a diploma in uh building surveying which was rics accredited all continuing doing this part time um then i did my first degree uh in in the building surveying um then i had a, a pause with studying and um and eventually did my master's in, in sustainable uh, development. Um, but yeah, I was sort of moving job in between times. And uh, I, I spent a lot of my career working for local authorities and housing associations uh, in a sort of an asset management and maintenance role. I did get involved in, in new development as, as well. And, you know, back around the year 2000, when Eco Homes came in that the BRE uh, had launched and Eco Homes XB for existing buildings. I could soon see that uh, if we wanted to make uh, deep sort of uh, inroads into saving carbon, it, it was really going to lie with our existing housing stock. Um, you know, new build, very important. They're the homes of the future. But, um, you, you know, uh, over 99% of the housing is already there and going to be lived in for a while longer. Yeah, and I've heard it said that the homes of the future are also the ones we're living in right now as well. Um, yeah, yeah, but very much so. Yeah, they, they think, I uh, saw a statistic, existing Homes Alliance, uh, they, they said that 85% of the homes we're currently living in now will still be in occupation 
2050 when we're looking for net zero to be achieved as a nation. Yeah, it's um, it's frightening stuff, really. That's been really interesting because even though you and I have known each other for over a decade since I was um, director at BRE and, and looking after the Building Research Housing Group, um, it, we, we never actually get an opportunity to actually talk to each other about how we got to where we got to. So that's been really fascinating. Thank you. Um, but what still gets you up in the morning on this subject? I know that you're a passionate sustainability advocate. What keeps you driving this agenda forward? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've always had a, an interest in the in the natural world and doing something that I feel making some contribution to safeguarding the environment is really in, important to me. Um, I like going on holidays and looking at, at nature, you know, both the flora and fauna. Um, so that that's uh, one thing. But I, I just sort of always had this uh, wish to try and, help people and use my knowledge to to share share that and, and share it as honestly and independently as I can and I did my own deep uh, retrofit project whole house back in 2009 and I learned a lot from that it was different to what I was sort of doing at work actually going through the experience of a, of a home being renovated and I, I thought that gave me you know a lot of good, good things to share with other people starting with their retrofit journey um so yeah it's, it's I, I like all the different people that i meet there's so many passionate enthusiastic people so many different opinions that you know all, all valid and the way everything meshes to, together and so many good people uh looking for a common goal here with with uh, driving retrofit forward um it's, it's, it's a real buzz around the sector at the moment yeah it definitely is it's it's exciting to think there's 28 29 million homes um, and even if they were, had all been built the same, which we know that they haven't, every single one is lived in differently and its life has been different. So there are you know, billions of parameters around um, retrofitting or refurbishing existing homes. It, it, no two days could ever be the same. That, that's, that's true. Yeah, that variety is, is really interesting. And... I think now in my, my career, it, it's not so much the traditionally built homes with cavity walls and where, where you can put the insulation in the cavities and in the loft and double glazing. It, it's much more now what we call the hard to treat, the hard to retrofit homes. And, you, you know, over 40 percent of our homes in the UK fall into that category. They may have a solid wall. They may not have a, a loft space because there's rooms in the roof. They're off the gas network or, or even sort of high rise flats and you and you're absolutely right each one needs a tailored approach there's no one size fits all and also the, yeah the occupants every home uh, will, will use energy in a different different way there's there's no two homes alike and yeah that variety is is is, is really interesting and keeps giving us surprises <laughs> yeah and i think that's why it's often been put in the too hard box definitely uh, because because there is no silver bullet Definitely. You know, this is what we are increasingly seeing now. The, the ones, uh, the, the projects that need the, the advice and the careful thought over are these hard to treat retrofits. You, you know, the easy stuff of filling cavity walls and, and lofts have, have been done. But, you know, I, I do still have my worries about that retrofit work that we've already done you know we know that insulation and cavities can slump and we know there's a lot of insulation in lofts but it, it's 
quite often not laid out in a uniform way. It might all be shoved up against, you know, one one, one side of the, the roof. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we could make a lot of savings by, you know, checking what we've already done. Has it been done properly or do we need to redo it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and why NEF? Why the National Energy Foundation? How is the work that you're doing there making a difference? Yeah, I've, I've always respected NEF, you know, as a, a not-for-profit charity. Um, one of the main strands of our work is is looking at affordable warmth, trying to alleviate fuel poverty. I think that's a very worthy thing to, to do. Um, I know NEF for for many years and just always respected them and, and their voice. And I started working more closely with NEF when I joined the original Super Homes Network when I when I retrofitted my own home back in 2009. And um, you know, I saw Super Homes go from strength to strength and end up with a network of over 220 homes in the country that have been retrofitted. And yeah, it just felt like a, a, a good place for, for me, um, trying to get the right message over and doing the, the right things for the right reasons. Yeah, and you, you brought us really nicely on to the Super Homes rating scheme. So tell us all about that. And I love the fact that your original Super Homes that were originally done are now your pioneer Super Homes. Um, and this is all about um, getting to this elusive net zero. So can you talk us a bit about the scheme and what net zero means in this instance? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you're right that our, our pioneer retrofit uh, super homers are, are really important. They've got su such a wealth of knowledge to share with, with other homeowners uh, to set them off in the right direction. Uh, but we, we thought with the target of net zero coming in in 2050, we needed a new way to assess super homes. And we thought it isn't just about uh, carbon savings, um, it is about health and comfort and it is about sort of monitoring running costs as we see sort of fossil fuel prices go through the through the roof. So we, we spent um, quite a bit of time, about 18 months, developing our new rating scheme. We have funding from the Microgeneration Certification Scheme Charitable Foundation and Innovate UK to develop and, and test it out against a whole variety of house types to make sure it was, was working. And... Um, we, we really have like performance tiers. Um, the Super Homes Racing Scheme is like a benchmark of retrofit achievements. And the, it's a five-star rating scheme. Five-star is very much our, our pinnacle. It's a bit like staying in a five-star hotel, if you like. And a five-star super home would be a zero carbon uh, super home. Um, but of course, that is extremely difficult to achieve. Very challenging. It would be expensive, a great achievement. But, you know, we know that not every home in the country is going to be able to achieve that. So we have other tiers uh, from four, three, two and, and one, which uh, make some relaxations because a lot of homes are constrained as to their retrofit options. But we, we feel we have a, a rating level for every homeowner to aspire to and feel that they've done something good. And, and somebody who achieves a one or two star uh, super home to feel as proud and celebrate the fact as much as somebody who achieved a five star, you know, which perhaps wasn't such a, a difficult retrofit project to, to do. Yeah, and it, it the health and comfort and well-being um, side is really interesting as well, because it's, it's dead easy 
um, to always just think that, especially when we're talking about carbon so much and net zero, um, and it's easy to think that that's just energy saving. So just about the energy you use in your home. But obviously it connects to the water efficiency because there's a carbon load attached with water usage and water heating, which is why bathrooms um, and the kitchen sink area are so important. Um, but but you've brought in, which I think is really powerful for householders, is that health, comfort and well-being, because while we in the industry might have carbon targets as our driver at home. We might sort of think about it, but actually we're thinking about how warm am I when I'm watching the TV at night? How enriched am I after I've had a shower? Um, you know, and, and it also links, as we know, so many more of us now are working from home um, in, in, a, in you know, the new normal post-COVID, lots of people doing home working. So we then have to start thinking about indoor air quality and um, user comfort. And, and your scheme brings those in as well. Yeah, that's, that's very true. We thought it was really important to, to include health and comfort. As, as you say, people are spending an increasing amount of time in their homes and I think everyone wants to live in a in a comfortable home you know no one really wants to see condensation and mold growth or feel drafts coming through um you, you know that's the basic uh, function of a home to keep us sort of warm and dry and, and well so we thought that having health and comfort really important and could appeal to a lot more of the of the public because not everyone's you know, driven by saving emissions. So this is very much about home improvement and, and improving the enjoyment of your home, quite quite honestly. Um, so yes, within, within super homes, uh, we assess thermal comforts, um, you know, particularly in the winter, but we need to be careful now in summer that homes don't overheat with, with climate change. Um, and we look at moisture levels, the relative humidity to make sure we don't get um, you know, mould and, and damp occurring. Um, we also look at air, air quality, as, as you said, um, to, to make sure that that's good, healthy air and you don't sort of fall asleep in your in your armchair. Um, you, you know, really important to get the ventilation strategy right within our, our homes, uh, particularly when we are retrofitting and, and increasing insulation. So we... Yeah, because we... you, you didn't have to worry about ventilation when your home was drafty. <laughs> As, 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 I really exactly. need you. Yeah, the Victorians. Uh, yeah, you know, I think they used to. <laughs> well, some some people say the Victorians had quite a healthy lifestyle because of all the fresh air in the in their homes, don't they? It's um, it, it, it's it's funny, really. But um, we we sort of thought, well, what does good look like in terms of these health and comfort uh, factors? Because obviously, temperature will fluctuate throughout the year and on a on a cold night and. And moisture levels will fluctuate as somebody's doing their, their washing. So we work with um, Professor Tim Sharp to develop the Super Homes rating. And we, we thought, well, you know, what does good look like? And we set some sort of bands of good performance and then thought about, well, how many hours might we, might we be willing to allow humidity to go really high outside of that, that band? Um, so that was a very interesting process, something new that we did there. But... The whole thing about super homes very much is, is monitoring performance after the retrofit. So we're only giving super home status for, for homes that have proven that they perform well and they're healthy and comfortable and they, they save energy. So um, we actually 
carry out uh, monitoring for a 12-month period after the, the retrofits. And as I say, you know, we look at, at the energy performance, but we do very much look at the health, comfort, well-being. We take readings from sensors, but we also interview the, the residents to get their take. You know, does that correlate with what the data is is, is telling us? So, yeah, it is, it is something new but yeah we we, we thought that um this is really what people would be willing to buy a nice comfy cozy home yeah and also one that you've missed out which which did make me smile um is user-friendly controls because back in the day when i was was giving tours around the innovation park and the the the, the original sort of retrofit home and the victorian terrace that we had at bre some of the controls um, were so, so complex um, to try and make the house work how it was meant to. Um, and I know now, you know, with voice activated things that people have um, in their houses in every room, you know, the technology has advanced so much that we're able to just tell our homes to do things. Um, as long as we've got Wi-Fi, of course, and it doesn't all fall over. Um, but it, it, it's important to have that simplicity because it could be the best system in the world. But if it's too complex for anybody to, to work out, it's never going to get used. That's, uh, that's so, so very true. It's, you know, it's important occupants uh, can sort of regulate their internal environmental conditions and you know, don't need a PhD to really use the the heating controls really and yeah like, like you I've seen some very complex controls that really leave you baffled so with our super homes uh, rating scheme we, we do require a, a statement to be uh, prepared by the, the professionals so that the homeowner almost has like a, a quick start guide so how, how they can program their their heating and and you're right and there are so many opportunities now with the internet of things to sort of have you know green and intelligent homes and the, the pace of, of change there is is really fast and you know with our monitoring we, we have options of some of that being done manually some remotely or you you could have everything uh carried out remotely where you can sort of uh, homeowners can log in and see their performance you know on a day by day or a week by week basis you know some people do really find that good fun to see how how the home is performing at any any given time so yes we we have that and other sort of health and comfort uh matters that we we look at is we we look at natural daylighting uh for our uh top level super homes and we can also look at acoustics there's so many complaints around sound and noise transfer and and interfering with people's uh, enjoyment of their homes so um, if we're told that there's a you know a problem with a home, perhaps it's you know its location is fixed, perhaps it's close to a railway, or we've got very noisy neighbours, then under the super homes rating scheme, we we can investigate that, do some more acoustic tests, and come up with measures to attenuate noise and and hopefully improve on that situation. Yeah, it's a it's a it really is a fantastic scheme, um, and you do a. Um, pre-valuation so a pre-retrofit valuation and a post-retrofit valuation has there been is the scheme far enough advanced yet to to say whether the the retrofits having a a significant impact on on the value because we're often told in housing it's location 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 
Um, and one of the pushbacks that you often get is, well, it's not going to in, in, increase the value of the home. Um, and, and people will pay anything, even if the home isn't terribly efficient. Um, are, are we starting to see the trend moving towards people saying that there is a value in, a, in an energy efficient dwelling? Yeah, well, with super homes, we, we have a two stage assessment process and we do the, the first stage is a design stage assessment. And we sort of give a predictive rating of how we, you could uh, potentially uh, do on the rating, you know, with, between the one to five stars. And then, as you said, after the monitoring periods, uh, we when we evaluate, we give a verified rating of one to five stars. And we're doing a project in, in Hampshire at the moment where we're working with some chartered uh, building surveyors who are general practice valuation uh, surveyors. And we're, we're taking 50 homes that are on their super homes journey to do a pre and a post retrofit property valuation. We really feel if we can sort of make that link between uh, energy efficiency performance and property value, then you know there would be much more demand for, for retro, retrofits. There's quite a bit of anecdotal evidence out there, but it's still very difficult when we have a, you know, still, a, I guess, a bit of a housing supply crisis and a, a shortage of, of homes. But there is research that's sort of shown that if you have solar PV on your roof, you know, your property value might go up slightly. Um, you know, unfortunately, the, the energy performance certificate doesn't really... Uh, help us with this very much it's all based on prediction so we we hope that with super homes a home that's proven to have good performance could start to um, help around the valuation side and perhaps uh, mortgage companies lenders uh, to to benchmark their their lending products against the technical performance standard like super homes so um, we're just at a very early stage of doing those those valuations the proof will be in the in the pudding, um, it, it's quite a long, a long journey. You know, we, we start to do the valuations, but then by the time the work is done and we can revalue them, we won't really know the the difference. But um, you know, often the aesthetic alone is improved through the retrofit process. So you know, I'm, I'm optimistic that we can prove some links there. You know, I think as you say, it's still a lot about location, location, and people will pay what they you know want for a home, but. I think as more evidence comes through uh, and perhaps better lending products become available to incentivize retrofit, then we could be on something there. there. There is evidence in other countries, you know, that higher sort of energy ratings may add sort of five, 10 percent uh, to, to the value. And, it, you know, it's going to be a long journey. We need to in, engage the state agents in this process and I'm helping them to understand how to value homes that have better energy efficiency performance and there's there's too much apathy around the the epc at the moment but um you know hopefully as we can evidence this and particularly with energy prices going up so much you know i think this will be become increasingly important to uh pr prospective purchasers of, of homes when they're making their decision yeah and i think that you, you you mentioned it there the finances and uh, you know mortgage lenders um because if a if a home is energy efficient and is having work done then its asset its asset value is better it is um more well maintained it mm. is better cared for um the cost to run will be less so 
the person living in it is less likely to default on their mortgage because they've they've got a you know their, their disposable income is, is weighted towards their mortgage. So I think there's a real incentive for lenders to start creating these more favorable products for very energy efficient um, dwellings. But as you say, they need to have that hard data. It can't just be somebody saying, yeah, I've done it. And, you know, it, it was all done on the gray economy and there's no evidence of any um, certifications or that work was carried out by competent people or lodged with building control. So so there's there's got to be that that robust process in place that gives the banks the evidence to feel confident and comfortable starting to give these different types of products. In, indeed, that's, that's absolutely right. And we hope that doing um, these, these pre and post uh, retrofit valuations with a firm of regulated by the Royal Institution of Charter Surveyors will start to bring some hard evidence there that will be uh, of interest to the whole property sector. I don't think this sort of work has been been done before. So we're really looking forward to the results there. And, and you're absolutely right that part of retrofitting and, and following the you know, government of, uh, advice of how to do to approach it correctly does mean that the first thing you do is get your house in, in a very good state of, of repair and, and well maintained. So yeah, I, I, I think that you know that is something to hopefully look look forward to and so many of the banks now are sort of thinking about sort of environmental social governance and and i i think we will see some very interesting lending products you know for decarbonizing our, our housing in, in in the future and that will most certainly drive the, the market it, it is the energy uh sorry it's, it's the the lenders the energy companies we need them to really get behind these sort of initiatives, you know, like super homes and, and help help us along. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and since we had um, in November, wasn't it October, November last year, um, uh, we had COP26 um, held in the UK. Um, and since then, there's been lots of talk. Um, I know the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge talked about it a lot in their Earthshot programme. Um, that of this being a pivotal decade for climate change. What do you think that that means? Um, does it mean the world's ending in 10 years? No is the answer. This is a pivotal decade to make change. Um, but what can we do as individuals and families at home? And also, what can we do at work? How can we each make a difference? So I've, I've, I've thrown loads of questions at you there. Forgive me, Paul. My first one, why is, it, why is now a pivotal time for climate change? Yeah, I, I, I think we can all see the, the difference. You know, I, I mean, just this weekend where I live, um, I had several power cuts as various storms came came through. Um, I, you know, we, we've got the energy price crisis going on. You know, the best way to save money is to invest in energy efficiency in, in the home. You start saving from day one, really. And I, and I, I think that... Um, you know, this this one of the problems is people are interested in in doing retrofit or finding out what they can do to their home, but they don't really always know where to start or who to to trust. And these new roles, professional roles like retrofit coordinators and super home assessors, they can really help to to give people the the correct advice that that means they start off from the right place and can head off in the right direction. Whether they're going to retrofit the whole house in one go, which isn't that common, or, or they want to do it 
incrementally over time, you know, perhaps as and when they've got, got more money to make the next step, you know, very important to do it in the right order. So um, we were talking earlier about this, Anna, that, that you know, we, everyone needs like a plan, a blueprint or a green print for the retrofitting their home over the next 20 to 30 years um, to, to make sure they know the, the energy efficiency measures that are most viable for their home that work for them as a family. So yeah, that, that would be a, a really good start. I mean, if, if you want to make a difference, you know, a no brainer is, is changing old light bulbs over for LED, you know, the payback on that, you know, probably a year, eight, 18 months. And, you know, the, the, the bulbs last a lot longer and they're, they're widely available and, and cheap now. You know, simple things like um, putting some draft stripping in and topping up insulation in your loft or putting a bit of insulation on the back of the loft hatch, draft stripping that. All these things can start to, to make a difference. And I also encourage homeowners and uh, uh, office sort of managers, uh, uh, places of work to think about buying their energy from a, you know, a green provider. The companies I probably shouldn't mention, but, <laughs> but you know, it, it, we're talking here about the companies like Good Energy and Ecotricity, who are able to show they have, they're, they're fully auditable and show that they can, they, all their energy, they can show it comes from, from renewables. You know, you're supporting the renewable energy in, industry by switching to a provider like that and, and helping to wean the country off of uh, dependency on, on fossil fuels. So, um, you know, a lot of companies claim to be giving green energy, but, you know, do, do look into it more because they're, they're not always wholly giving you, you know, 100% green energy you may you may be surprised and you know we don't want to be greenwashed in this in this period really important consumers get honest and trusted advice well i think you've almost answered our final question on the uh, on the podcast today so um this podcast as you know is called net zero for nothing um what can listeners do for nothing or let's say just less than 100 pounds and some of the things you've already mentioned um, that would make a huge impact and start to prepare their home for a net zero future? Well, I mean, um, yeah, I did mention some sort of measures like light bulbs there, but, you know, although energy performance certificates are, are much maligned and criticised, if you don't have an energy performance certificate for your home already, you know, perhaps uh, you haven't moved into it, recently you've been there a long time, you should be able to get an energy performance certificate comfortably under a hundred pounds and it will tell you something about your home's performance or you know how it's expected to perform and it will tell you a, a couple of sort of recommended measures that you could consider and that may be a, a useful first step and if that interests you you know then think about having you know what we call a whole house retrofit plan done but um at least you would get some professional advice from a domestic energy assessor producing you an, an epc yeah, I think it's about um, realizing it's a journey, uh, and and zero carbon is a is a destination, and and your journey is is towards that. Very few people um, have the means or the desire to have their whole house done in one go. So it's about understanding where your home's starting, mm-hmm. um, what things you want to do anyway, because you might, you know, you're going to say, well, we're having an extra kid, so we need an extra bedroom or 
we're downsizing, we're empty nesters. So you're going to have your own desires for your home for the period of time that you know you're going to be living in it. And it's about kind of working out the plan and how if you are having a new kitchen or building a home office or converting the dining room that you no longer use to be a home office and you're doing it all, what can you do to make it energy efficient as well? Um, and how can you think about that net zero destination as, as you go along incrementally on your home improvements and 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 getting a, a, an energy retrofit assessor at the front end of that journey is mm. really going to help because that gives you your map, doesn't it? It, it does indeed. And, and you're, you're so right to think about when you're doing these home improvements in the future, what can you do to make them environmentally uh, friendly if you like as as well because when you're doing the work in any case the, the extra cost to, to make it more energy efficient is is minimal you, you know it, it it really is and um you know another idea uh, potentially you know low, low cost if you want to find out more about retrofitting and it's a bit of a plug for NEF but we do have a, a super homes network for individual members and that's 50 pounds a year to to join and you, there's four seminar events and member only events and you can start to find out more about retrofitting there and and perhaps demystify some of the things you've heard about you know do heat pumps work is is one right for my home so i think getting a getting advice is is really uh, important um if you are having something like an epc done then if you can find uh, someone that does one who's also a retrofit assessor who's had some top-up training, then you know I think you'll get some extra advice from from them. You, you know that they, they they've had some particular training to to be able to advise on on retrofitting. They're independent as well, aren't they? So they will be working for you as the homeowner um, to give you advice on what to do with your property, and and even if you move you know or when you move that can go with your pack and it can go you know that that makes your home more attractive um going forwards definitely definitely Anna yes well thank you so much Paul it has been an absolute joy to speak to you today um and thank you for listening to our listeners to this episode of net zero for nothing from the National Home Improvement Council the voice of home improvement Be sure to follow us across social media, searching for at the NHIC and NHIC UK and subscribe to this podcast, Net Zero for Nothing, on Apple Podcasts or Podbean for future episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast where we connect industry, government and householders on the pathway towards zero carbon homes. I have been your host, Anna Scothan, and if you have any questions or comments, please do let us know via the podcast comments and we'll feature them in future episodes. You have been listening to the National Home Improvement Council, the voice of home improvement.